Say, I've got ears to hear. I've got eyes to see. And to me it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I am the sheep and I know the voice of the great shepherd. His name is Jesus. And the voice of the strangers I shall by no means follow. Now pay attention because the Lord wants to speak to you. For several years now, even from the time Pastor Carl was here before she left, in the month of, mostly during the month of October, and last year I did November, and this year again I'm doing it November, we speak on, about the vision of Victory Faith Church. I think it's so very important for you to be able to know where we are, where are we heading to, what are we believing God for, what has God called us to do. And therefore today I'm speaking concerning the vision of Victory Faith Church, and then uh, several Sundays in the month of November, I'll have some leaders that will be speaking also of different areas of their responsibility that God has given to them, okay? All right? So listen to this and uh, to know who we are, we came from, and we are heading. A uh, brief history of uh, Victor Faith Church, uh, Pastor Zwedi and Carla Porter uh, are the founders of this ministry. It's called, actually, the, the umbrella of this Victory Faith Church is under the umbrella of Living Faith International. Living Faith International is an international organization. Through it, it's a parent organization, and through it, we have different outreaches. One of the outreaches we have is Victory Faith Church. We have our children's home and different other outreaches, all under Living Faith International. So sometimes you may hear us talk about Living Faith International. Don't be concerned. That's still the parent organization. And we are under, we are Victory Faith Church we are, is under Living Faith International. So today I'm talking about Living Faith International. They call me the Kenya National Director of Living Faith International. That's how they call me. But when I come to Victor Faith Church, I'm a pastor. Pastor Carl is a senior pastor, but I'm a pastor of Victor Faith Church. So you see in different areas. When you come to their home, I am, I am what in that home? I'm one of the directors of the home. Um, when I come to Heritage Leadership Academy, I am uh, a, a director. So it's different. When come to Living Faith International, I'm one of the trustees of Living Faith International. When I get to my home, I'm the husband of Tina. You see, that, that's all, all that. I do all those things. <laughs> I do all those things. Oh, my goodness. And all of them, just think about I'm paid for each one of them. You know, you, you are just an accountant in your office. For me, I'm paid for all of those. <laughs> Praise God. That's wonderful. But the pastors, Wayne and Carl, are the founders of Living Faith International. They were sent by Dr. Jerry Saville to Kenya in 1987. Uh, to, to, have, to oversee the building of a hospital in Kakamega, Kenya. And it was supposed to be an assignment for six months. What was supposed to be six months took all the years until Pastor Wade, of course, went to be with the Lord in 27th of, of uh, November 2012. I'm surprised, I'm amazed that this coming 27th of November will be exactly 10 years since he went to be with the Lord. Again, for me, I see like it's the other day. I'm looking forward to myself to be going home at the full age if the Lord tarries. 
But it's amazing. It's been several years, 10 years actually. That's why I've been telling you that in honor of him, uh, we're preparing that area. If you came and check, anyone who's interested in construction, you can tell we are making progress. And I've been saying, sow your seed. Believe God. That area will be good. It's part of the beautifying of this church, actually. And therefore, later on, Pastor Zued and Carla moved to Nairobi in, uh, and then established this church in April of 1994. Then it's called, it was called Victory Faith Christian Center, VFCC, but it was established in 1994. I, I listened to Pastor Wade and tell me personally many times that, remember they were still under Dr. Jerry Saville, and he says that David said he didn't want to start a church. In fact, the Lord started speaking to me about starting a church. And I kept quiet. I didn't want to tell Carla. Because I didn't want to tell her and be that the Lord is speaking to her the same thing. So I kept it to myself. Anyone who's ever heard, he heard, him, say, you, you heard, you heard him say that. But I didn't want to tell Carla. I just kept it within me. But the longer it became, the more I stayed, the bigger it became inside of me. And then I told Carla, and Carla said, you know what? That's what the Lord has been, want, has been telling me, and I've not been wanting to tell you. Because <laughs> I didn't feel like we were, I was ready to pastor church. And then, now this is the thing. Remember they had been sent by Dr. Jerry Saville to, to do the work under Jerry Saville Ministries International. Now another thing is this, for you to tell the, your boss who's spiritual of what the Lord is telling you. He said that was the most difficult thing. And those are the years that, you know, you dial the numbers and you keep waiting. Remember those phones? You have no idea, you young people, what that was. We used to queue at the telephone booth in town and we'd just be there. You are queuing. <laughs> and it's like if you talk for two minutes and people are queuing, you feel like, you feel like your hand is behind you. It's like, finish up, finish up. We want to make those calls. Some of you have no idea what that was. We'd, by the way, we are not born with mobile phones. All of you who've been born recently, we didn't have mobile phones. And we made it. It's a testimony. You can make it without a mobile phone. <laughs> so anyway, so he says that he didn't. So one evening he took the phone and he called Dr. Jerry Saville. And he told him what the Lord had been telling him about starting a church in, Victory, in Kenya. And Dr. Jerry Saville said this to him. I remember Pastor was saying several times. Wade, if I had told you on color that you to start a church, you could have done it because you're obeying me. But the Lord has been speaking to me for a long time about you starting a church there in Kenya. So therefore, I didn't want to give you an instruction because if I had given you an instruction, you could have done because I asked you to do it because I am quote-unquote boss. But then I told the Lord, deal with them. So wait, what you are telling me, the Lord actually already spoke to me. So go ahead and let's plan that I may come down there and we start the church. So anyway, in that April, over the, what they call, uh, natural people call it Easter. We call it resurrection season, Passover season. They came over, he came over here and they, they had meetings and started the church in Safari Park Hotel in 1994, April. So that has been how many years? I don't know. You do the calculations. Almost 30 years. 20 what? 28 years? Almost 28 years now. Anyone who was in 1994 there? Anyone? Yeah, Agnes. My goodness, Mali. Just stand up. Veterans, we need to honor you. 
come on, come on. These ones are in 99. Can you imagine of that? Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, these ones were there, but I wasn't born yet. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't born again. I got born again in 1996. But then that is an amazing thing, all the years you ladies have been here. And therefore, I first knew this ministry in 1997. That should have been about three years later, a year after my salvation. Then in 1999, I would attend the evening meetings, evening services. I adored them. I loved them. The evening services were amazing. And, and so, but in the year 2000, actually in July 2000, that's when I committed. I was serving in another ministry. Then I committed, and I know the Lord had already spoken to me to join Victory Faith Church. As I've told you, as I've told you, Pastor, we're going to be the Lord on 27th November 2012. Pastor Carla Porter is in the U.S. She's the International Director of Living Faith International. She's in the U.S. and one day you'll be seeing her here. Soon and soon you'll be seeing her here. But she is now the Director of Living Faith International. So what is uh, this vision of this church? I'll say something very important, which I've repeated several times, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Ministry must begin with vision. Ministry must begin with vision. And vision must begin with God. Vision must begin with God. Ministry must begin with vision. And vision must begin with God. Why is that so? There are so many people who say they have visions. But we are talking about heavenly vision. In fact, in Acts chapter 26, I think it should be verse, 20, uh, verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, I was not, I, I will read it. Let, let's, let's read that. He's speaking to King Agrippa, giving his testimony of how he got born again. He says he saw the light. I saw a light, verse 13, uh, from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when he had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, for you to kick against the gods. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, you are, you are persecuting. In other words, that vision began or began with the Lord. It was revealed to him by the Lord. He didn't know. In fact, he thought he was serving the Lord by, by persecuting the church. But I just stand up on your feet, and I have, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. And he's saying this. This is the purpose I have appeared to you. So you find that there is vision, and you find there is what? Purpose. There is vision, and there is purpose. And he says, for this reason I have appeared to you, that I may make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I'm yet to reveal to you. That is Acts 20, 20, 20, oh, 26. 26, Tim. And then uh, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. He says, now I've, I've appeared to you for a purpose. In other words, I've revealed myself to you for a purpose to make you a minister and a witness of both the things that you have seen 
and the things which are yet to reveal to you. So it was revealed to him. And many people dream up visions and really they don't come from God. But a true vision, if you are talking about born again believers, the vision should come from God. And therefore it is according to the word of God. And he says, I'll deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. And he says, this is what will happen. This is the results of, of your going out. Uh, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of darkness to Satan to God. Power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. What am I saying? I'm saying ministry must begin with vision and vision must begin with God. I already told you of how much the Lord was dealing with the heart of Pastor Zwed and Carla Porter and when they spoke with Pastor uh, Dr. Jerry Saville, Dr. Jerry Saville uh, had already been hearing God regarding starting this church. So it's critical that ministry vision based on a firm foundation of the word of God, if it is to be authentic. Every ministry vision be based on a firm foundation of the word of God, if it is to be authentic. What is vision? What is vision? Now vision has to do with our foresight. See, foresight. And, and, and I want to give something that I've heard Pastor J.B. Whitfield. Those of you who know Pastor J.B. Whitfield will be coming here. I think we're hoping to, them to be here next year, actually, in August, uh, for the leadership training. But he says something about vision. I've heard him say over and over again. I, I don't know if it came from him originally or from, from someone else. But biblical vision is God-inspired. Inspired. It's God-inspired. Again, just like the scriptures, they're inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. The vision of God is, the biblical vision is God-inspired and is breathed upon action, breathed upon action plan designed to help us reach our ordained destiny. I know that is a mouthful, but it's a breathed upon action plan. I wish I had my notes over there for you to be able to see but it's breathed upon action plan designed to help us reach our ordained destiny. You have a destiny. You have a purpose to fulfill. And therefore the vision is given by God is that for us to be able to reach into our ordained destiny. What do you think of destiny? Think of destination. You are heading somewhere with it. Now, it's a bridge from the past, it's a bridge from the present to the future. Think about this. It's a bridge from the present to the future. In other words, if you don't have any vision, how will you enter into, how do you go into a future that God has in store for you? So you need a vision. As a born again believer, every one of us has been called by God to do something for him. To his glory and honor. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10, the Passion Translation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, it says this, We have become his poetry. We have become his poetry, a recreated people. Oh, people, you are recreated. You are born again. You know, can I say something again that you need to have it in your mouth? You are not just a human being. You are born again, you are born of the Spirit, 
You are born of God. Their purposes and there is plans, his plans, that you and I are supposed to fulfill. So we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each one of us. I like saying this manner, we are born twice. You are born of your mother, but now we are born of God. We are born of the spirit. The Bible says in, in, uh, in, in John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you are born of the flesh, the date, birth date uh, that you have. I was born on 5th January 1973, but now I was born again of the spirit on 17th June 1996. And I value my, my first birthday is good, but my second birthday is wonderful. Because if I only had one birthday, I would have been going to hell. But I have two birthdays, and I celebrate both of them. Amen. Who, who do you want us to celebrate? Your new person or your old person? So we have been, we've become with poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill. Look at this. That will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. Listen, say it. God has given me a destiny for me to fulfill. You are created for a purpose. People that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. Are you thankful to God for the rains? Yes, I am. Oh, Father, I am. Praise God. You should hear me saying, praise God. Hallelujah, it's raining. Glory to God. Yes, it is. And I proclaim it all over this nation. We believe we receive rain. Thank you, Lord. More good enough. Well, so you know what? I don't want, you remember you, you were talking on your, it was a cold season. You kept talking about how cold it was. Please now, now avoid talking now about the rain now. All right, let it rain. If you have been rained on, that's fine. Thank God. Say, praise God, I'm rained on. Hallelujah, I've been rained on. It's better than being scorched by the sun. <laughs> so we've been called to fulfill the destiny he has given each of, each of us. So think about this, church. I want you to look at that scripture. God has given you the destiny that he wants you to fulfill. In other words, you're not here just because you appeared. That's why it's foolish to believe on Big Bang Theory. It's a theory. It doesn't exist. Now God is a God of purpose. And therefore, listen to this. He has given each one of us, each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. I'm joined to Jesus. The anointed one. Say it. I'm joined to Jesus. The anointed one. Say like you know it. I'm joined to Jesus. The, an the anointed one. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, He was joined to the Lord. is one spirit with him. I tell people, that's why you must know the voice of your father. Because you are joined to him. You're one spirit with him. Therefore, you can hear his voice. Even before we were born, that's another a wonderful thing. Again, maybe your parents told you, you know, you are, 
You know, we aren't really expecting to have another baby, then you appear. No, 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 no. Know the Bible? Know the Bible? Your parents are wrong. Know the Bible? You listen to this. You are born before even you are born. Listen to this. God planned in advance our destiny. God planned in advance your destiny. And the good works we will do to fulfill it. God planned in advance your destiny and the good works you will do to fulfill it. I'll say it again to you. God planned in advance your destiny and the good works you will do to fulfill it. You found the plan right there. Church, there is a plan right there. Don't ever say, I don't have a plan. Say, I have a plan in God. You go to the word of God and say, there is a plan for me. Lord, I haven't found it yet, but I believe I receive it. I believe I hear. I believe I perceive. I believe I know. I believe I know what I'm supposed to do, and I receive this by faith. And fathers, I pray in tongues, I believe for enlightening. That I may my eyes see, my ears hear, my heart receive the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But I am not here just to walk around without any purpose. I'm here for a purpose. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, God called me and I'm thankful. I'm in his purpose. You preach to yourself, you start rejoicing. Amen? How many people have you heard is saying that, oh, oh, I don't know what God has called me to do. I don't know. The more you say you don't know, the more you don't know. Haven't you noticed? The more you say you don't know, the more you don't know. The more you say, people even don't like to be around other people who don't know. Have you noticed? If you act like you, know, you are headless, people wouldn't want to be around headless people. People want something that they can gain from another person. So start saying, I know the plans of God for my life. I might have wasted time in the past, but now I know. Now I know. And you go sleeping, say this, now I know that God's plan for my life. When I wake up tomorrow, now I know what I'm supposed to do. When I wake up tomorrow, I know where I'm supposed to go. Praise God, because the Spirit of God is leading me. Now you're opening your spirit to be led by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now listen to this, that word poetry. Remember it says you have become his poetry. That word poetry means it's a, it's a beautiful Greek word used here uh, as being translated poem or poetry. Actually, listen to this, what it says. Our lives are the beautiful poetry written by God that will speak forth all that he desires in life. I'll say it again. That's wonderful. Is that so? Just think about this. Your life is a beautiful poetry written by God. No wonder the psalmist say this, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Written by God. You're brought in for a purpose. You're brought in to do the will of God. It's that poetry is written by God himself. That will speak forth all that he desires in life. I like saying this, at the end of my life, when I, li I live the full life, and then when I'm done on this earth, I will know. I will do all the will of God. And if the Lord tarries, I'll have breakfast and I'll go back to bed at some point and lie down and I'll be gone to heaven. As a good old man with the strength 
And uh, if Tina wants to stay around some more, I would have left. I'll leave her. She'll find me. Full old age. I don't know what, some, what you are told about death because you kept quiet. <laughs> Do you know where you'll be going, people? You know where you'll be going? Amen? You know, the thing is this. It's not even dying. It's knowing where you're heading to. And listen, not prematurely, make sure you do, you do exactly what God has called you to do. So let me say this now, coming to vision. All that I was telling you about importance of vision. Now, the vision of Victory Faith Church, I prayed to the Lord, I said, Lord, make it so simple, the sim simplicity of Christ, that you can find yourself in the vision and do your part. And I, this is my prayer. All this month that you'll be speaking about this vision, I want it to be so simple that you can see it. I believe vision should be simple. Because if God made it complicated, what will you ever do? You know, if, if God asked you for maths, uh, uh, whatever it is, equation, whatever it is, to be able to solve, do you think you can without his help? So God doesn't want him, him to be, uh, he's never planned, dif uh, his plan is not difficult. It's just to renew our minds and to follow his purpose and his plans. Now listen, this vision of Victory Faith Church is loving others fast through acts of kindness, compassion, and generosity. Loving others fast through acts of kindness, compassion, and generosity. Say it, loving others fast through acts of kindness, Compassion and generosity. Say it again. Loving others fast through acts of kindness, compassion, and generosity. So we are kind people, we are compassionate people, and we are generous people. We are kind, we are, we are full of compassion of Christ, and we are generous people. If you come around us, we are not stingy. We're generous. We're generous. No wonder we are happy and joyful. Generous people are joyful. Let's go to First John chapter 4. From verse 7 to 20. I want to do some reading here. Christians... Believers in Christ, we should be known for love, the love of God. And not your human love, but I'm talking about the love of God, because God is love. And you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I like it in the 4 to 8, the, the amplified classic version, and read it over and over, not just, don't read it, proclaim it over and over again and sow that into your heart by saying that word. Listen to this verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who's lo who loves is born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves is known of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. Who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested towards us, toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also ought to love one another. That's what gets rid of strife and division. If we truly walk in the love of God. So do I encourage you? I will, not, I will not even be able to emphasize it enough. But listen to this. Believe God for the revelation of the love of God. For, for revelation of the love of God. Believe God for that. As a believer, you need that. You need that revelation of God's love. And walk by, in love. And love people. People know hatred. They need to know love from us. Because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We've been called to love the unlovable. That's exactly what God did by sending his son Jesus Christ. He first loved us, we didn't know him. But he loved us. Look at verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. For this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. In other words, to walk a spirit-filled life actually, if you are being spirit-led, spirit-filled life is to walk in love. What is to walk in love? To obey the word of God. Not a feeling church. Do you know even waking up in the morning and it's not every day I feel like uh, I'm in love? Anyone who feels saved today? Anyone? No one? You, you all, you don't, don't feel saved? And you're in church. We need an altar call, brother, right now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't feel saved, but you know you're saved. If you are born again, you know that you are born again. Listen, if you're walking in the, the love of God, you don't need to go for feelings. You need to go by revelation. It's I love people. And renew your mind according to God's love, which is the word of God. God abides in us and he loves. His love has been perfected in us. By this you know that we abide in him and he is in us because he has given us of his spirit. Look at verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Do you know what that eradicates, church? To never say, like, I feel oh God, you've forgotten me. You've left me. Have you confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior? As the Son of God? God abides in you and he, you are in God. Say, I am in God. And he abides in me. Just think about that. If you feel like you have any kind of fear, you start saying it until you sense the presence of God. Look at verse 16. And we know we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Thank you, Lord. I know and I believe the love that God, you Father, has for us. Listen to this. God is love and you abide in love, abide in God and God in him. If you see the love of God anywhere manifesting, you should know God is there. I tell people this, and it's true, church, it's true. It's not because I say it, but because it's scriptural. 
Anytime you see confusion, anytime you see strife, anytime you see division, you should know the devil is at work. There's a third one I've left. I've said this, but there's one I uh, like to say. Every time you see confusion, every time you see division, every time we see strife, there's another one I say. Huh? Confusion, strife, division. Strife comes with division. Disorder, that's another one. Okay, every time you see confusion, every time you see disorder, you see strife, you see division, the devil is at work. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't ever forget that. Even in your house, if you have confusion, disorder, strife, division, know that the devil is working there. Cast him out. What do you do? Walk in love. Forgive. Release mercy. You find peace. Do you know mostly the believers are not walking in peace because of such things, of not walking in love, in the love of God. Amen? If, if there's so much disorder, some of you may have to go into your wardrobes and, and also in your kitchen and cabinets and start putting some order there. You know, you start these things in the natural. Huh? Come on now. Amen. Are you taught by your mother making the bed on your small? Small? I went quiet over here. <laughs> you, know, you know, houses that are unclean. Entirely. You know, if you go to a house... Listen, I've lived in a slum. Outside there is dirty, but my house, my room was clean. In fact, you didn't enter in with the shoes. Because anyway, in a slum, to enter into my, again, I slept on the floor. Why would you enter with your shoes? Mine was a holy ground. I lived in a slum. But I'm telling you, I kept my room clean. Clean. Neat. Arrange some things. Hang clothes somewhere. You know, punch the nails on the, on, the, on the wall. I did that. But you don't want to come to your house and it's dirty. And you know, they say, like, we want to offer you a meal. I'm thinking, oh, God, oh, God. I'm not going to have any meal here. Cleanness, have you noticed, is free? You can do it. You don't need any money. Okay. I already said it anyway. I had, I had a certain minister, well-known minister, and Pastor Wade is the one who told me. And I had him say, I think, or oh, oh, I, I read in his book, it was a minister's conference. And he said, uh, that minister said, now, now, the way actually you arrange your socks, your clothes in the house, that's exactly how you are. You may come present yourself so well, but that's exactly how you are actually. You need to have order. You have to have order in your cabinets and your drawers back in the house. Let me help with something. Is this a vision? It's vision still. Let me help with something. 
Have you ever seen like people say like, um, you know, I think I'm going to give out clothes. Then they start pulling out one cloth after another. They say, but, but I still like it. When was the last time you wore it? Four years ago. And you still like it. The last time you wore it in four years ago, I usually say this, that's a seed you need to sow. Oh, you don't know what it reminds me of. Does it remind you of Jesus? <laughs> Does it remind you of Jesus? <laughs> you want things that will remind you of Jesus. Nowadays, you can take a photo and, and put it there if it's a testimony. But sow it. I say sow, it makes a room for new ones. Okay. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and you abide in love, abide in God and God in him. Now look at this verse 17 quickly. And, and love has been perfected among us is this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But you who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Look at verse 20. And I was talking about generosity and all that and kindness. If someone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. That's the Bible, church. Again, I'm going to emphasize this. Believers in Christ, we should be known for the love of God. And whatever we do. <clears throat> so then, remember, the vision of victory faith is loving others first. <clears throat> through acts of kindness, compassion, and generosity. Let me say this quickly uh, so that there, there's so many things that are happening in this world but let me make it clear, even some so-called church. Uh, let me make clear our statement of faith, what we believe in. I'll read them, but I'll state them. Statement of faith. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and that it never fails. We believe there is one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life, died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of all men, and arose from the dead. He now sits in triumph for the right hand of God, the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession for us. We believe the only way to be cleansed of sin is through repentance and faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, church doesn't save you. Attending church doesn't save you. But we believe he's the only way. You have to accept him as your Savior and Lord. We believe in water baptism and communion, but we realize that just participating in these Christian ordinances won't save us. We are saved through the cleansing blood of Jesus. We believe the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross provides healing for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. We believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking other tongues according to Acts chapter 2 verse 4 is given to believers who ask for it in faith. We believe in the present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in, guides, instructs, and equips every believer for godly living and service in the kingdom of God. We believe the church consists of all who are born again 
body of Christ. In other words, for you to be a member of the body of Christ, you must be born again. You are not just a member of the body of Christ if you are not born again. You have to be a born again believer. In other words, a denomination doesn't change you. A denomination doesn't make you be, be born again. You have to make that personal commitment to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We believe Jesus Christ is the head of the church and therefore is directing and guiding each believer today who submits to, the Lord, to his Lordship. We believe in the boldly resurrection of the dead and that all believers will eternally enjoy the presence of God while all unbelievers will be sentenced to hell to endure everlasting judgment. In other words, everyone who refuses to receive Jesus Christ will be sentenced to hell to endure eternal judgment. We believe that Jesus Christ is presently and for eternity Lord of all. To him be glory and honor forever. Hallelujah. Do you give him praise and praise and glory? Hallelujah. Why is this important? Church, because we have a generation that they wake up in the morning, they don't know if they are a boy or a girl. So you have to state what you believe and what you know. You understand? They say, if you wake up on a Monday, you may feel like a girl, be a girl. No. I can say more of that. That's why we have to state what we believe. We believe in the word of God. We believe, you know, as people say, okay, uh, are you born again? No, in our, in, our, in our denomination, we don't get born again. You know the ones who say that. I am. Especially when I, I meet with our dear Catholics. They say, no, we are not saved in our, in our denomination. I say, yeah. You, you, oh, really? Really? But do you believe that... Uh, uh, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary? Oh, yeah, why not? When you're talking to them, make, make sure you bring in Virgin Mary. And I say, I believe so. Oh, why don't you confess that prayer then? According to Romans 10, 19, and we believe that virgin birth of Mary. And we believe that. And you, it's easy to lead them to the Lord. So did you hear that statement of faith? Let me give some detailed vision of Victory Faith Church. <clears throat> Now, you know you have the vision. But listen to this. There is the how. How do you make it happen? What we do is to evangelize, teach, train, coach, and mentor believers to equip the church and the next generation to fulfill God's purposes. And we do is what? We evangelize, we teach, we train, we coach, and mentor believers to equip the church and the next generation to fulfill God's purposes. In talking about training, every one of you who have been trained in any support team here in this church, even if you're not current in survey, but you've been training that, may I please stand up? I want to see you. Any, anyone, you've gone through that training. Any training in this church? And these are not all. Remember, there are some at the parking and some out there, children's church and all that. Can you imagine that? Many of us have been trained. It look like half the church. So we believe in this. Why is that so? It's important to be trained according to the word of God. Listen to this. Training enables you to be, to be actually effective in your service to God. Would you appreciate all this? <laughs> Some of them are long. You may, you may be seated, please. But we do that. And, and sometimes I've had, um, I have had testimonies over the years, actually. People who have been trained and uh, they are being given... They were attaching documents that they have, you know, the things that they have done. And some attach membership church. 
certificate. I remember that testimony. A certificate trained as a care host attached that. And they put part of their attachments, attached documents. They've been trained. And you know what? They got the job. Amen. That's a document right there. Now, so, so we do that. Evangelize, teach, train, coach, and mentor believers to equip the church and the next generation to fulfill God's purposes. In Victory Faith Church, believers have been changed by the word of God through, uh, 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 by the word of God taught through the anointing. And let me give you something here. Again, I want you to be clear, and I pray that it will clarify some things in your heart. We have a five-fold approach to this in what I've just said. It like teaching and preaching the word of God in order to equip the church to live godly, fruitful Christian lives which impact the culture of the nation. The way to change a nation is to, to do through the training of the word of, being trained by the word of God. You start changing the way people think. I was talking to a certain young man. I told, them, I told him, I got born again when I was 23. And uh, I think from the time I, I turned 15, I was introduced by a certain young man. He was, I think he was young, one year younger than I. And I, I didn't school in Nairobi, but I schooled in the rural. But I came and he said, by the way, there is a way that you can evade uh, paying bus fare. You remember the time of uh, KBS? So when, uh, when, uh, when the conductor comes, you can wink at him. You know, wink your eye at him. And, and he, you can give him you know, half the price. And it was cheap those days. Cheap. But you give him half the bus fare. Or in fact, you wait until when you're about to, to, to alight, then you give to him and you alight. But they woo unto you if you alighted and you found, they, 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 they call them inspectors. Oh, good Lord Jesus. So you always be aware of the inspector. So you see, I was taught that nonsense. And I did this. And sometimes you wait. Uh, you know, you say, just be aware of the machine that the, that conductor carries. It was a big machine that they carried. I don't know if they still carry those things. If you play around, you will hit your head on it, with it. So you know, I, I, I lived so many times evading paying bus fares. Can you imagine of that? That's foolishness. That's poverty. Anyway, I give my life to Christ at 23, and I bought a bus. And uh, I remember it was in Outer Ring Road. And then the conductor, I'm giving him the money, and then he winks his eye at me. I said, no, 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 I don't do those things. I'm paying. And he wasn't happy. He was furious. Anyway, I paid him, and I could tell how furious he was. And that was my first temptation against bribing. And I tell you the truth, all these years, I've never bribed any, bribed any person. You change your culture. You change your way of thinking. And that's the same way, church. Never do a business that way as a believer in Christ. Change your way of thinking. In other words, don't, don't do things like sell things without a license. Because that's a door right there. When the city council shows up or the, whatever they call them nowadays, what will you do? If you have the license, you tell them, I have the license. And if they ask you what else, you say, what do you need from me? I already have the license I've given to you. Or there is this document. Which document? Goodness, it gets quiet when I speak about those things. Teach and preach the word of God in order to keep, that is what, you impact the culture of the nation. Second, we provide skilled, 
spirit-led praise and worship that ministers to the heart of the Lord and changes the lives of the worshipers. I say this is very important to me. We keep increasing in skill. That's very important in our praise and worship. But do you know what I look, we look for? We look for? We look for his presence. You can have the skill up there and you don't have the presence of God. So we not only desire the skill, but we want the, the worship that ministers to the heart of the Lord and also changes the lives of the worshiper. True worship should change you and me. Third thing we evangelize, I already told you, and equip the next generation through outreach, education, dynamic children's church ministry, and youth ministry. Fourthly, we provide leadership training and equipping for the nations, the church and beyond through conferences, workshops, and partnership, which actually 2020, 2020, uh, 2021, and 2022, we haven't done so much of this. But I'm telling you, we're ready. We're ready. In fact, we open up a, a channel, actually, which you've done that, we did that in 2019. That was the last one when Dr. Jerry Saville was here in 2020. That's when we had graduation. But right now, every Thursday in this compound, we have a Bible school going on under Jerry Saville Ministries International. We have pastors, they already registered, so that is a number, mostly ministers of the gospel who come here every week on Thursdays to, to go through the Bible school. That is important to us. You see what we are doing? We are opening ourselves to be a blessing to other churches. That they can be equipped, pastors, with the word of God, equipped by receiving revelation knowledge, and then they can go multiply for the kingdom. Listen, this is, not just, this is not for us. This is for the kingdom of God. You have to think in terms of the kingdom, not what you are gaining out of it. You could have said amen to that. And the fifth one is engage in compassionate works of mercy. Engage in compassionate works of mercy, especially on behalf of Israel, and we are committed, church, and we are going to another level of our commitment in support of Israel, on behalf of Israel. We know, I told you last Sunday, they are God's people, God's people, the seed of Abraham after the flesh, and we are going to be a blessing as long as we have breath. We'll be a blessing in every way that God will enable us to be, or bless the, the nation of Israel. And also on behalf of Israel, orphans, that's so much a key ministry, this ministry, for orphans and widows. Now we are growing. Now I'll tell you something, as they say for free. Every ministry is different. We're not trying to be like some other people. Every ministry is different. We're unique in so many, in so many ways. We do what we believe God is calling us to do, and we keep doing, and we keep believing God to increase. We're not trying to do what other ministries are doing, all of us are members of the body of Christ, but I believe every church has an assignment under the headship of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, or the leadership of the, the head of the church. So we're not trying to do like what other churches do. You know, always you hear people say, like, but other churches are doing this. No, not so. We're not going to do what other churches are doing, and that does not mean that we don't open ourselves to the wisdom that is available. But listen to this. Our desire is to do exactly what God has called us to do. I remember in 2020, uh, when during that time we had a lockdown and we are not meeting here on Sundays. And when it started opening, uh, when, when the government announced that 
they were going to allow only 50, was it 50 or 100 people? 100 people. It was 100, the first one. And uh, I confessed this sin before the Lord. I said, oh, goodness, why would anyone make such a, a foolish decision? I said that. And I repeated it. I think you're the one who called me, Dick Norman. And I repeated to someone. And then the following day I was praying, I said, is that what you're expecting to happen? You keep saying words which are not of faith. And you expect to make progress? I say, oh no, God forgive me. You say that. Are you in faith to move forward? Yes, Lord. Then you stop talking such words. I repented of my, my idol words. And you know what? Then I was asked, are we going to be meeting 100 people? This coming Sunday, I said, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll meet 100 people. Then after, after that, in fact, the first Sunday, I think we are 75. People looked at each other from afar. <laughs> oh, they are mass. We are about 75. And we did, we had the service, and we kept going on, and we kept going on, and having our services. But immediately, I made that decision and spoke with the leaders that we are going to open with those 100 people. I, saw, I started receiving texts on WhatsApp for us. This church has said they are not going to open. This church has said they are not going to open. That is too much to start with 100 people. And then I started sensing like pressures coming on me. Now you are opening, other people are not opening. Then I had something that Pastor Carl and I have discussed in the past, saying this man, Davis, we are not other churches. We are called to pastor Victory Faith Church. What other churches are doing, they are answerable to God. But we are called to pastor Victory Faith Church. Those words comforted me. And have you realized we are here two years or three years later? And Corona is temporary. And you are yet to know how, how the devil made a big deal out of nothing. You are yet to know. You kept quiet. Listen to this. So that's very important. So engage in compassion. Oh, I already have them. Bring them from one, please. The first one. So that all can see. What I was saying. To teach and preach the word of God in order to keep the church to live godly, fruitful Christian lives which impact the culture of the nation. That's important. The second one is this. Provide skilled, pray, spirit-led praise and worship that ministers to the heart of the Lord and changes the lives of the worshipers. The third one is uh, to evangelize and equip the next generation through outreach and education. The fourth one is to provide anointed dynamic children's church and youth ministry. The fifth one is to engage in compassionate works of mercy, especially on behalf of Israel, orphans, and widows. So I do this. Now let me give you some avenues that we are using uh, to have this happen. To evangelize, train, teach, train, coach, and mentor believers, uh, you know, is through what we call the seven mountains of influence. By that, you'll be hearing this this week. If it's your first time, no, don't, no problem. You'll hear about that. The seven mountains of influence. This is an avenue to enable us to have to, this to happen. You know, in reaching out to different ones. One is the mount, seven mountains of influence. You have religion. 
We have family mountain. And the different leaders will going to be standing actually to do some presentation. We have education mountain. We have government mountain. We have media, arts and entertainment, and we have business. Leaders of these mountains already said we'll be speaking to you in the next several Sundays. Let's go to, uh, can I say it again? Religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. Let me read some scriptures from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To see how important that is. Let's start from verse 12. For us the body, for us the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that body, of that one body, be many, are one body, so also is Christ. You see what, what it says? Let me say it again. For as the body is one, that's the body of Christ, and has many members. But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. You see that? And then it says this. For by one spirit, who is the Holy Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit, who is the Holy Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. Church, we are different. But listen to this, we belong to the one, Jesus Christ. And if everyone is believing what they have been called, we will fulfill what God has called us to do. You are a member of the body. You are a member of the body of Christ. Let's go, let's go further in this. Look at verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not of the body. That is terrible. Just think about this morning, if, if uh, you had a strife between your feet and your hands. What will happen? That's what is called X. You have X in the body. When that strife starts taking place. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? What's your answer? What's your answer? It is. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? What is your answer? Now think about this. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18. But now God, let's read verse 18 together. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. You found your place right there. Who sets the members of each, each one of them? It's God. And how does he do? He does it just as he pleased. In other words, church, if we are all doing the will of God, there will be nothing like Competition, competition. Nothing. Nothing. And you know, with competition comes in what? Jealous. If we are doing the will of God, you may be doing one side and you are so good at it. And this other side, 
Another one is good at it. But if we are doing it all because we have been set by God and we know we are doing it for the glory of God, there will not be competition whatsoever. We all enjoy doing what we do. At least you can say amen. Find your place. It's not difficult. I, I hear people say like, how can I know what I'm supposed to do? What is it that comes so easy inside of you? Let me give you some uh, example. And this is no excuse of not doing something that, that you are supposed to do. But I, I'll give an example. Like maybe the Deacon Daniel, it can be so easy for him to call someone and find out how they are doing. While well, it doesn't flow that way in a Deacon Duncan's life. He doesn't so much call to find out. Do you see that? He can cultivate that gift. And maybe Deacon Duncan, his is different. Maybe he shows up, not just calling him, he shows up and be with those people. He may not even talk much, and usually he doesn't talk much. He may not even talk much, but he's there with the people. While him we call, he can find out what is happening, and he can talk to some two, three people so that they can go to that place. Look at this. All of us are needed. All of us are important. You know, for you to call me, say, Pastor, I haven't seen so-and-so in church for a long time. Have you called them? No, I haven't. Why are you informing me? I just wanted you to let you know. But have you called them? No. You see, if that has been coming up in your heart, you need to do it. Listen, that's what members of, of the body do. I can go to a place, we can visit, uh, Tina and I, vi visit people, and I can do all the talking. And she's fine. Because I do the talking for both of us. <laughs> and as I can ask, did you, did you, do you have anything to say? Say said, no, I already say, you already said it anyway. I said, that's fine. So, but what I don't want is after we leave there, for her to open her mouth to say, you shouldn't have said this. Why didn't you say what you wanted to say? <laughs> if I did all the talking, keep quiet. Then when you leave here, don't try telling me anything else. <laughs> that was so interesting during our courtship. She'll be looking, in fact, she'll be looking at me. I'm thinking, can you say something? I said, no, I don't have to say anything. I said, honey, but say something. I said, I'm fine, just continue talking. I'm thinking, talk. Now, if you are seeing such a girl, you have to use faith. All through, and you are not moved by what you are seeing. <laughs> Amen. You have to use faith. And, and I'm telling you, especially when she hadn't said yes, I'm thinking, God, help me, Lord, help me. And it worked. 19 years. It still worketh. God has set the members, each one of them with the body of Christ as he pleased. And if you're all one member, where would the body be? Now look at this. Look at verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. We need to know that. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Listen to this. Don't ever 
feel as a member of the body of Christ, don't ever feel is significant. Never, ever, ever. Never, ever, ever. That's not God. Don't ever feel insignificant. You may be around people and look even more talented, but that does not mean that you're insignificant. Listen, develop your gift to minister to the body. Some of you may never have public speaking, may never do public speaking, but listen to this, you are important. Can I tell you something about this? For this meeting even to happen, for the church service to happen, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes. I may be preaching here, you hear me, but there's so many things that have happened. The sound guys who are probably being here from what? Is it six or seven? I'm, I don't know. But very early in the morning. And when we leave, they're still doing the work. In other words, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes for every service to happen. So listen to this. I am not a celebrity. I am just a member of a part of the body that is more public. Just like you have intestines, but it's, we don't see them, we see your nose and eyes. So I am maybe the mouth, but there are intestines here that is important. You can't say I don't need intestines. You know what will happen. I, know that I don't need a liver. You know what will happen. So all of us are important. So don't ever feel insignificant. Listen, that feeling insignificant is what pushes people. You want recognition. Don't ever do anything for recognition. Don't ever do that. It's not worth it. Do everything heartily as unto the Lord, not for recognition. But God, who sees, who sees uh, secretly, will reward you openly. Amen? Amen? Quickly, let's see another thing here. Let's go to verse 24. Oh, this is actually what I just said. Look at verse 23 first. And those members of the board which you think to be less honorable, do you think your intestines are less, is less honorable? Because it cannot be seen. No, not so. On those who bestow great honor, or on these we bestow great honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater mo modesty. But one presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. Have you ever had something happen to your fingernail? Huh? There's something, I don't know what it's called, but there's a certain, I don't know if I'll call it a bug or something, that growing up, I know that you can enter into, not, not a jigger, but there's a certain different one that can enter into a fingernail in between that this, the flesh and fingernail. It can enter in there. In, in our village, we call it dudu. Huh? Dudu, yeah, but not jiggers. I'm not talking about jiggers. Oh, my goodness. That thing is, it will make, if it entered in there, you'll start swelling. You swell, but at night, it's like fire is in there. You will not sleep because of your fingernail. What's my point here? Every part of the body is important. The three that were given talents, there's one, five, one, two, and one. The one who had one thought like that was insignificant and he was afraid to go and, and uh, do business with that one talent. What did God call him? You wicked, lazy servant. So listen to this. You may not look like much, but the more you use what you have for the body of Christ, the more you, it increases. Don't ever 
feel insignificant. You belong to the body. Look at verse 25. That there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. We should have the same care, that's actual love for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members do what? Rejoice in it. Can we have this part of our lives? If one member suffers, we feel like, oh, we are part of that. We suffer that. If one, one member is honored, we feel like, oh my goodness, we're being honored. And we rejoice. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed this in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration. This is, these are ministry gifts. Uh, and variety of tongues, and on and on. People use this. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak in tongues. The devil uses this to tell people, you don't have all of you to speak in tongues, but this is talking of ministry gifts. That is something different. Listen to this. Do all interpret, but look at verse 31. But honestly desire the best gifts, and it will show you a more excellent way. And when you go to chapter 13, the more excellent way is the love way. In others, all this, what you are saying, is loving others first with the acts of kindness, compassion, and generosity. That's the vision. We minister to one another. We need you in the, bo in the body of Christ. So then, so this coming, this coming from this coming week, different leaders will be standing here and we'll be speaking from different mountains uh, that we have here in church, in, you know, like I already told you. And I want you to pay attention. And we are believing God for it to be better and better in the year 2023. To minister to people, to, to minister and, and, and really minister to the needs of people and bring others to the kingdom of God. Did you receive anything out of that?